Hi, I'm Heidi Harriet. Welcome to Doggone Good Information. And welcome my co-host, Tommy Fahey. Hi, Heidi. How are you? I'm good, Tommy. Good to see you. You got a whole new look going on, Tommy. <laughs> this wow. is the, I've been too busy to get a haircut look. Well, it's a, it's a good look. So, uh, so everything going good? Yes, very well. Uh, it's been a busy month. It's been about a month since we've yeah. uh, recorded and, and got to speak to each other. Yeah, for um, sure. So I have had something every weekend uh, from the beginning of August till now. So um, you mentioned, so. I think the last time we were, because we taped some episodes ahead, but you were getting ready to dog and farm sit. Yes. How'd it go? Yes. It actually went really well. Uh, yeah, I was farm sitting with, uh, we had, uh, ammo, the hundred pound silver lab. Oh, ammo. Um, that's cute. Yeah. And then we have, uh, Peewee and Ruger, her two little smaller dogs. Um, and then I brought Jimmy Dean with me and he, we stayed for the week at the farm. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I just brought Jimmy's, uh, own kennel from home and he stayed in that when I wasn't able to be there. And then the, the dogs had a separate room that they stay in. Um, they have like a, a room off the garage that's special for them. Um, and they, yeah, they ended up actually getting along all really well. Good. Um, and of course by, you know, the first day I had them all sitting in a line and lined up <laughs> waiting for their street. <laughs> Probably more than what they're ever asked to do in, in reality. But, yeah. uh, I lined them all up and sent the owners a picture. Cute. Yeah. We'll that's have our own circus act pretty quick. There you go. Well, good. So all went so, well. Yeah, it, it all went quite well. Yep. Good. Well, while we were gone, uh, we were out traveling around visiting our, our adult children, and we had taped some episodes ahead. Uh, but there, her, Florida had a hurricane, right? So this is summer yes. of uh, 2023. And um, in August, there was a hurricane in Florida that ended. It was supposed to hit around our area by Tampa, ended up going up into Tallahassee in the Big Bend area. You don't wish it on anybody, but at least it's a much less populated area. So uh, I put out some stuff on my social media about, you know, I always try to preach to people, let's think about this ahead. But um, as you're thinking about evacuations, you're going to, if you go to a shelter, you're going to have to use your kennel, all that kind of stuff. Um, But one of the things that I saw in the midst of this that I'm, I'm struggling with how to feel about it. So people, a lot of people have more than one dog. A lot of people have Mm -hmm. big dogs. People were complaining that they would call hotels and they were telling them that they didn't accept pets. And that the governor, we have Governor DeSantis, and I don't know if this was accurate, that they had kind of like when they lift tolls during an emergency and they say none of the toll roads you could just go through. Just go. If you In Florida we have some toll roads and they do that. But um, that they weren't allowed to uh, have a pet policy, no pet policy, for an during an evacuation. So one lady in particular who was really crying on social media about it had three big dogs Mm. and was complaining, and I think quite large dogs, that hotels were turning her down, and other people were going on saying, "Well, yeah, but you have to let they have to let you report them to the." Attorney General or in the, you know, uh, consumer, uh, trying to think the state consumer, right? Um, And I'm really thinking of it in a lot of terms, and I'm just going to leave it there and 
let you kind of expand upon that because I'm sure you have an idea what I'm thinking, but I want to know what you think about that. So uh, one is you should already have a plan in place and know where you're going, especially if you are in, I mean, if you're in Florida, you're going to get hurricanes. It's just, we we get evacuations every year, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's bound to happen. Uh, here in the Midwest, we have tornadoes. If you're on uh, the West coast, you're going to have earthquakes. You know, if you're in Hawaii, you're going to have a volcano. There's going to be a natural disaster somewhere. And so you have to have a plan in place ahead of time so that you don't, uh, you you don't become reactionary. You have to be proactive. Which which by the way is not good for your animals. Anyhow, when you're reactive, it it throws everything into a tizzy, even a well-behaved animal. So, yes, uh, that's actually been a huge common theme in the, uh, in a lot of the lessons I've taught in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, you, you have to be more proactive, um, with, especially when you're, you're dealing with your animals. Um, but I don't understand from, from my perspective, how is it the hotel's responsibility to house your dogs? Well, yeah, that, that I have a little trouble with. And then how are we? Uh, how is it the state's responsibility to not let the hotels regulate themselves? Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a line, a gray area that's getting a little fuzzy. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I thought you, know, you might feel that way. I'm, I'm struggling with it. It's not like they're saying, you know, they're discriminating. Like if you're Latino, you can't come in this hotel or if you're right. African American, African American or something like that. All day long, yeah, you can't do that. But we're talking about people who decided to get three or four more dogs because then someone chimed in who had five dogs and the same problem, you know. And I'm thinking if I own the hotel and, you know, I'm going to be really, who's going to help them out when the room is trashed? And even if, let's say, even if their dogs are really well behaved, they have three big dogs, so chances are there's some shedding going on. Are they bringing three big cages? Are they going to keep uh-huh. the dogs? Just the drinking and the eating alone. You know, I have a poodle who doesn't really slobber, but the big dog is an impact, right? Yeah. They're going to go out and go potty. It's raining out, chances are. They're going to track yeah. it. Who's taking care of that? Yes, you could leave it clean, but are you going to shampoo the carpets? Are you going to wash the comforter? And that's best case scenario. Yeah. Right? What if they're barking and they're nervous and they're... You know, you're not picking up the poop or they scratch at the door or it's just I I was really amazed. And this was a thread of hundreds of people. And I don't think anybody was on the beating the drum of, well, what about the hotels? Yeah. It tells you a lot about the site. I I think I actually like, you know, how you can not take it off your Facebook search. Yeah. Unfollow. Yeah. Unfollow. Thank you. (laughs) I couldn't think of the word. Um, unfriend them. <laughs> yes. I do that pretty frequently. Uh, yeah. It, it, I, I mean, I'm, this podcast has actually made me become a bit more to step back and look at it more. Some, you know, as opposed to just saying, what the heck really, you know, but I really thought about it. And, um, I was like, even though, uh, you know, 150, 200 people were like, oh, that's terrible. I'm thinking, you know, you're, we're way over the edge with emotion on their animals yeah. and forget the practicality, which we talk about all the time. 
Well, and I think pull the lens back a bit and look at the bigger picture. That's a very selfish, self-serving attitude to have. Yeah. That is not a, uh, you know, helping humanity out kind of thing. Yeah. That is, uh, oh, poor me, the choices I've made, you know, I'm, I'm not going to deal with the choices I've made. I need you to deal with it for me. That's not, uh, we've lost something there. Yeah, you get three big dogs or three, even three little dogs, but there's an impact with every animal you take on and it. I'm just so weary of even people I'm helping with their dogs and they think their dog needs another dog. And, you know, another yeah. similar story, a condo a woman moves into a condo as a renter and other people own their units and moves in. A young woman, single, has a dog. Okay, well, first of all, is that really the best thing to do to get a dog when you're young and single and you're still hopping around and figuring it out? Right. But she has a dog. It seems like a pretty good-sized dog. So she moves in and promptly goes off to a bachelorette party and has a rover person come and run the dog every five or six hours. The dog sure. barks. She just moves in the condo, dog barking. So she walks by and two ladies tell her, we don't appreciate your dog barking. Now they're old biddies and why don't they mind their own business and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I can't stand barking dogs. And I'm a uh -huh. dog trainer. I can't stand it if the neighbor's dog barks for, you know, more than a couple barks. It drives me crazy. So, yeah. and then everybody's on there again complaining about these ladies. They own their condo. They're entitled to, it's, I just don't get it. And, you know, if you're working all day and you're especially a young person, why are you getting a dog dragging it along in this life right now? Yeah. You know? I don't know. I just. There's a sense of, um. I know for me, uh, I live in a neighborhood and I have a small fenced backyard. And so I, I'll let Jimmy Dean out, um, you know, in the evening and sometimes it's later, you know, maybe 11 o'clock at night. And if he starts barking at a squirrel or, or barking at something, I immediately think, oh gosh, I better go get him in because I don't want to disturb my neighbors. Yeah. And I have, I have some guilt about him being loud. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of people out there that, don't have that same guilt that don't have that same thought of, Oh, I am being a disturbance to these other people that live in a very close proximity. Right. You know, well, I, they even say on the page like this, this one particular, the one where the dog barking, they were like, well, your, your little dog, your dog has a right to express itself too. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, it's not the dog's fault, but no. Yeah. There's, the dog's just being a dog. Yeah. So you've made the mistake by putting it in an environment where you're not setting that's, setting it up for success, which is what it's exactly all about. correct. So talk about setting it up for success. This today we're going to talk with a friend of mine who's a professional dog groomer, and we've talked about doing this for a while. So she's going to talk about the things that go on at the dog groomer, the do's and don'ts, and then also um, how what you can do at home to manage it which I do. I do my own grooming at home and I learned a lot actually from her. So you're going to meet Donna in a minute and we're going to talk about grooming dogs. All right. So Donna, welcome to the podcast. We're glad to have you here. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, Donna, I, you're, you're a longtime friend of mine. I always refer to you as my big sister, but I was so excited to finally track you down to get you on because you're, you're a moving target lately. Um, but you're, I mean, we grew up 
kind of together, but you became a world-class groomer and have groomed dogs all over the world. So tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll talk about how, what, how that relates to people trying to figure out their own scenarios. Okay. Well, I started out, um, I had poodles when I was a kid. And when we were up in the circus, I don't know who groomed them, but somebody did. Well, when we came <laughs> off the circus, I remember my dad had a pair of clippers. And when their hair got long, he would cut them. And we had a little dog act. So we would go play little venues. And I wanted my dogs to have a haircut, the poodles. We had two poodles. And he said he didn't have time to do it. So I was young enough that I snuck in the bathroom with the clippers and shaved their hair. Like, <laughs> like he wouldn't know there was hair missing. I mean, I am blonde, but I mean, come on. That was kind of stupid. So after that, he was like, well, you can just do it all the time now. Oh. So I ended up doing it. So I started grooming, looking at books. And uh, then I moved to Baraboo and I actually did your parents' dogs. Yeah. Poodles. That's I what I remember. Them. Yeah. And I was just, what, a teenager. I was probably like 14 or 15. And then I went on Ringling. Well, I used to buy these Dog World magazines. And in there they had a advertisement for the New York School of Dog Grooming. And it was the only accredited school in the United States. So I'm like, well, I want to go to that. So I was in the circus in the, on Ringling in Madison Square Garden. And I get up really early in the morning because I took an, they took me in for an advanced class because I knew how to use my equipment. I just didn't know like where to go. <laughs> and so they were so nice. They'd even call me. They'd call me at like seven in the morning, Donna, you got to get up because, <laughs> you know, we wouldn't get done until midnight, the circus, by the time you got home. And so I'd go down 34th Street and catch the bus, go down to the dog shop and work until I had to be back at the building. I don't know, one o'clock, two o'clock. And sometimes the Stevensons would send dogs with me. Oh, OK. Another circus yeah. family. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's that's initially how I learned. And you got the bug from there um, that you, because yeah. I know you really made a great career out of it. Yeah, well, I, I, I got a job in a, when we went off of the circus. I looked for a job at a, do, job at a dog grooming shop. And when I was there, I started to realize there were these dog shows, these dog competitions. And I'm like, I can do that. And, you know, Everybody else, there'd be like 30, 50 competitors and where the judges are and the lights are, they're like all in the back of the room. But because of the circus, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like right under the light, right in front of the judges. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look at Where's the spotlight? Let me find the light here. <laughs> Tommy, always. Tommy can relate to that. Oh, we both, always. Both looking yeah, so, And so I competed and I ended up doing really well. And I traveled, and uh, that was in Las Vegas, my first show. And so I went all over the show, all over the place, went to Vegas, New York, everywhere. Well, I kept winning. And then after I would win, they asked me to judge. And so then I started judging all over. And then after the judging, I got invited to help put the shows on. In fact, there's a big show, and it just got over, I think. It's called Super Groom. And it's in the Mandalay. Oh, nice. And it's a big convention for about four or five days for the whole pet industry. But I would help run 
the competition. You know, it's a lot of work putting on yeah. all those divisions and everything. So um, I really enjoyed that. I got asked to go to Australia to yeah. teach to teach grooming and to judge for them and uh, went to England for, I was on the first groom team USA and I got asked to go. So I went to England. So it's really taken me, you know, there's, there's your, your pet kind of shop groomers and then the groomers that want to excel. Yeah. So. And the the reason I think it's cool. The reason I wanted to have you on Because you've 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 done both, you know. The, sometimes you get a groomer who's at such a high level, they can't relate to you know John Q. Public, who's got a, a cute little dog and just maybe wants it to look cute or just wants it to be functional. So, um, and but yet, I, I will post a picture of your beautiful dogs, like your beautiful winter. Um, poodle, they're just magnificent. The grooming, just unbelievable. So Donna, so now fast forward, you're, um, I know you've owned your own shops and worked at shops. What, you know, our podcast is helping people with dogs kind of sort through things. Tommy and I both have dogs. Tommy's got Jimmy Dean, the Jack Russell, who makes every episode. Oh, I'm sure he's they'll a be a great person. Jimmy Dean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a person. He had a skunk. Uh, we have an episode where he talks about getting skunked. So oh, yes. oh, yeah, fun. but he got, he got yeah. through that and I have a multi poo, you know, my little trooper yes. and then I have a poodle. So I choose to do my own grooming. Part of it is, you know, learning um, from you and, and kind of like you started out. But what do people, let's start with what people need to consider if maybe they're looking for a groomer, they're not going to do it themselves. What do they need to consider at home in between groomings and how do you find the groomer that's right for you? Well, first of all, the most important thing is with, I feel when you take a dog to a groomer, you really have to look at, you know, the, uh, the what do you call it? The equipment? The con- yeah, yeah. You really need to to look at the, to see how people like them. Okay. You know, you really, you really need to do that, and you should be able to have access. You should be able to see where your dog is being groomed or okay. what the facility look like. And some shops they're like bring them in at eight and get them at five. That is so old school. The dog shouldn't have to sit there all day so you know i mean you get busy and a dog might be there three four hours i understand that but you don't need to have a dog that's there all day long well they're using you for doggy daycare at that point aren't they yes yes (laughs) but um so first of all that and it's more important when your dog comes out you need to see how he acts how he was treated because you know when we go get our hair done if we love the way the person did our hair, but we don't like them, we're still going to go back because we like the way they did their hair. But with your pet, it's different. Your dog needs to do well with the person. You know, he that person needs to be kind and the dog needs to not be afraid of him. If your dog comes home and he's scared to death, I mean, sure, it's not pleasant, so it's not always what they want to do. But you need to look at those signs. Make sure your dog is being treated right when he's at the shop. Because okay. it, it, yeah, because it's gotten a lot better. But in the old days, you know, the thing is, there's no certification for dog groomers. 
Right. Dogs do, dog groomers do not have to be certified, which is ridiculous. I mean, you wouldn't go get your hair done by somebody who never went to school. Well, I but might, you, but I would want to know that, and I'd want the price to reflect that. No. <laughs> but that's, that's just me. True. And you can only cut all the hair off, you know, so many times. No, but it is a good point. Nor are dog trainers, uh, you know, have to be certified. But it is a good point, because if you're going to do hair in a shop, you have to have a cosmetology license. But you don't if you're a dog yeah. groomer, right? right? Right. So would you ask for references then? Yes, I would. I'd ask how long you've been grooming, you know, where you groomed. I would absolutely. Did they go to school? Because that doesn't mean they don't go to school. It just means that some don't. You know, it's like going to a nice, really fancy shop or going to what are some of those real, you know, (laughs) I forget the name of them, clip and go or whatever. (laughs) You know, they just got out of beauty school. Yeah. Yeah. So you, You know, you don't want that person because... You know, a lot, half of grooming is handling. You could be, you could be a Picasso with your art, but if you don't know how to handle the animal, then half the battle's gone. So the dog needs to have, needs to not, you know, how to handle them. Yeah. Boy, we, there's a lot of aggressive dogs these days. Like, how would you, I'm sure there always were. How do you deal with it when somebody brings in a big, kind of aggressive dog and especially one that's big enough to it's hard to get on to where you need it to be How does that oh work? yeah we get a lot of dogs are what we call cage fright the worst part is you yeah. can't get them out of the cage yeah they know what's going to happen getting out of there they're going to get a bath and they don't want that so that's the hard part so personally i've reflected on my lion training days <laughs> <laughs> But not everybody has been able to do that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you know, you, you have to, at some point, they do have the come alongs. You see those poles. Yeah. And sometimes you have to revert to that to get them out of there because you open the door with a big door. Well, when you open the door large enough, big enough for them to come out, you know, you're, you're right there. Right. But we usually just do the old noose thing and, most of the time, once you get them on a noose and you get them out of that cage, a lot of times they're a lot better. And then yeah. when you get them in the bathtub and you turn the water on, you've done a lot of police dogs, and they're really good dogs because they've been trained. Yeah. You know, and the, the, the policemen are the ones that are like, oh, you know, my dog. Well, <laughs> he doesn't like a bath any better than anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Is there anything you so, can do to make a dog like a bath or is it? Um... Well, there's a, it's not the bath that they usually don't like. It's usually the dryer. But when you bathe a dog, it's really important that you're not spraying the dog directly in the face. Nobody likes that, especially if you have a power nozzle at the end. You have to make sure you're putting that water even at home, don't push it in his face, you know, get him wet without going in his nose and his eyes and also his ears, because that can cause a lot of problems. You're getting water in the, in the, the, the ears, but mostly it's the drying. We yeah. use these high velocity dryers. And if you get that dryer around their head, around their ears, it's scary. And I've had it in my ear before and it's not pleasant. So you really need to, 
to make sure those ears are closed. Just take your hand and close them. We have these things called hoodies. We just put it over their head. Oh, and cool. it keeps air from going in their ear. And you start at the back. Don't start on the head first because if all of a sudden the dog's standing there and then, phew, you know, you put this high dryer on them, that ruins it for the whole time. So if you go nice and slow and easy, they'll get used to it, even with a hairdryer at home. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say I use my hair dryer. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing of it is, though, if you want to do your dog at home, I think it's really easy. I have a lot of friends that do them at home, maybe in between the grooming. Right. You know, like maybe get them short and then but you still want to groom them a little in between. You know, that's a good idea. But what you need to know when you do that is it's a bad habit and we all do it because we love our dogs. But from a groomer standpoint, you shouldn't put the dog in the lap and gitchy gitchy goo him, you know. <laughs> oh, you sweet dog. And you're brushing, you're doing all your work, you're doing their toenails on your lap, you're trying to brush yeah. them because they don't, you know, you think it's easier. You really should like put the dog maybe on your washer and dryer, like put a rug on there and have like a little not a little noose where you can hook into the cabinets above it. Don't walk away, you know, arms jump off. But that way, that noose becomes your your third arm. It's not a bad thing. It's it's so that you have two arms to control them. It's like if you were shoeing a horse, you're going to tie the horse up. Right, or, yeah. You're not going to run around the field shoeing the horse. Yeah. So it's, it's that kind of Yes, yeah. that kind of a, of a thing. And then and just go about your business and, and expect him to be good. Don't just kind of ignore all his jumping around and do it. And then when he's done, that's when he gets, you know, the loving and the petting and the gitsy gooing. But it's it's better just to do that. And they really do learn how to do their do that. Well, stand there and let them cut your, their nails. And yeah. Yeah, I, I, Tommy, you and I have talked about this, but we set the bar so low sometimes. People all over the place. Oh, I can't even cut their toenails. They won't let me. And I'm kind of like, well, who's in charge? But I always think of it, and this is what Tommy and I talk about a lot, from more of a standpoint of there might be a day when I need to doctor their foot or do something. So I don't make it optional. From the time they're young or like Otis, he's three, I just got him. We had, I give me those paws right away and go, you know, start working because he's got to stand still. He's got to get comfortable with that. So I know, Tommy, that's a common theme for us. Yeah, it's core. It's the acceptance of physical restraint. Yeah. The animal, at, at, we all have to get to a point where we accept things that we don't like, um, you know, human or otherwise. And a lot of, uh, there's a trend, I feel like, uh, where people don't want to restrain the animal. They don't want oh, to yeah. put any negative pressure on them whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and that's just not realistic. That's You're not going to be able to get anything done with the animal. And it doesn't uh, make the animal better is the no. bottom line. Are you running into that, Donna, where they don't even want maybe their dog in the slip lead to be held or that? Or oh, do yeah. they just, yeah. Right. They don't want him. Well, first of all, it's I don't want him in a cage. Cage. He never, yeah. The whole cage thing. And, you know, I'm like, this is originally a cave dwelling animal. Yeah. A lot of dogs <laughs> like their little cages. You know, yes. if they learn about them, you make it. It's you know, it's the owners that make it like it's a punishment. And what happens when the dog hurts his arm or or we had a cat, and, you know, 
he had to be he had to be in the cage for four weeks. It's cruel when this dog was used to running around and then you stick him in a cage. If they're used to the cage, it's not so dramatic. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and another thing, and this is just my pet peeve. I see these people, they bring their dogs in. They'll have a husky. I'll say a husky or a chow or a rottweiler. They won't put a noose on. They won't put a collar on the oh, dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They won't put the collar on the dog because it might hurt his throat. Meanwhile, these people are coming in 30 miles an hour and the Rottweiler's going for all the dogs. Well, you know, if you want to pull a sled, what are you going to do? You're going to put a you're going to put a harness on him and pull the you know, you can pull the car. <laughs> and they, you know, and they won't put a collar like, "Oh, that's cruel." That that Right, they use a harness and it it is dangerous because it is the strongest point on their body. Yeah. Yep. Donna, I say in my dog training, if you're going to use a harness, get a skateboard and enjoy the ride because all they're going to do is pull. So perfect, just get behind perfect. them and get some wheels and enjoy it. Uh, you know, but it's it, it in a serious note, it's dangerous because you're right. You're in a small quarters there. Somebody comes in. So do you require them to put like as a groomer? Can you say to people, I only take dogs that wear a collar and can go in a cage or that or. Are you? It's more like the vet. When you go in, they take and give you the collar back, and we put our own noose on it. Okay. You know, part of it is because they may never see their collar or leash again. <laughs> <laughs> I tell them the all one the they time, spent eighty dollars on. <laughs> I have no promise on your collar, and so that's usually the way I I get the noose from. I get the collar off of them, and then. You know, and then I have control. And the last thing I'm going to do is put the noose around his chest. I mean, come on. Yeah. I think they call it a slip lead now, Donna, not a noose. (laughs) But it's it's like a cage. I tell people, you know, a cage, a crate, a kennel. It's still, you know, yeah, same thing. But, it sounds terrible. Yeah. But, but when yeah. we buy them, that's what it says. So maybe they should start changing. <laughs> I love it. Put the noose on him. Oh, Donna's grooming, Donna's clipping joint. Put the noose on him and let's go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, I mean, people love you when they bring their dogs. I've been there. I've, I've We've been together working and people were we weren't even in a dog grooming scenario and they were bringing donna their dogs into our barn for her to groom you know so i feel like half gun will travel i'm like half dog (laughs) they because she i mean your dog just comes out so amazing so donna what about people who don't want to go to the groomer i i don't want to i i enjoy doing it it does hurt my hands a little bit i've had challenges with my hands and I have this big poodle, but um, I know enough from, again, growing up around you and my mom and others, but like the ears and the, the, the anal glands and, you know, toenails, what, what is the routine? What do you need to do? And like, you know, can you do that well, at home realistically? Um, I think you can. The problem, once you nick them, once you get the nail too close, you're, that kind of ruins it. Then yeah. they don't want to touch the, the feet. So, you know, a lot of people, they just think that when they cut the nail, they're looking for the white from the outside. Or they're a black dog, you're out of luck, you yeah. know, with a black toenail. And that's not how we do it. You know, the, the, the safest way is you need to 
take just a tiny bit off of the dog's toenail, cut a little bit off, and look in the center of the toenail. And you will see a little dot. It can be a black dot. It can be a white dot. It can be clear, whatever the nail is. The closer you get, the larger that little dot gets, that's the vein. So the larger that gets, the more likely you're going to make him bleed. Okay. So you just cut it until you see that, and then that's it. Stop. And you get better and better to know. But that's really the... I know some people think you're crazy, but there's a lot of people out there. They just cut the other way and, and you, that's not the way to do it. You're going to get them. Okay. And, and maybe best if somebody holds the dog, I think it's, if you can get somebody. To I saw the funniest kid. thing online. A guy says, I, my dog won't ever let me trim his nails. So he rigged up a sling and he had the dog hanging, and the wall was in front of him, and he slathered peanut butter on the wall. And he's over there clipping the dog's nails. The dog could care less, couldn't do anything anyhow because he's in a sling. It was like a Jimmy Dean, like a little Jack Russell type dog. It was hysterical. That, that was so clever. It does work, but I never thought about the peanut butter. I, I, That's a good Tommy, idea. Tommy clued me into that. I never knew about peanut butter. Um, what about the trummels? Is that what they're called? Trimmel. Like, Trimmel. Yeah, because yeah. I bought one because um, Otis's nails are so big and thick. And then yeah. I file them a little bit down. Uh, do you, do, what do you think of those? Yeah, I think that's great. I think that works. And you're not going to cut them. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get to the blood. But the only thing is you need to put a rubber band on those ears. You need to keep his face and ears up. Because if they put their head down and you get the, some of that hair from their ear in the Dremel. Oh, that, oh, okay. You see what I mean? It's yeah. just going to wind up. It can be really serious. Okay. So you just, yeah. you need to keep their face and the hair from the ears. If they have long ears, you need to keep that out of the way. Because it'll just wind up and it's not a good thing. Tommy, do you, uh, what's the story with Jimmy Dean? Do we groom him ourselves? Do we cut his nails? Do we... Um, I have a Dremel that okay. I use to do his nails. Um, and I actually, I sit on my back porch and he sits in my lap uh -oh. and lays on his back. And then I can, like, he, he lays upside down and I can do all of four of his feet that well, way. Well, it works for you. Yeah. Uh, but that, I mean, that took, uh, you know, from the time he was a puppy, I yeah. held him like that and got him comfortable with being on his back and being in a kind of submissive state and letting me handle his toes all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then when I worked for the vet clinic, we had the Dremel tool that we used to cut nails. So he got used to it. Uh, yeah. And there I, I always had help. Like what you said was, you know, have somebody else to restrain the dog. Um, sure. and to hold it still and then that person can also keep the ears up out of the way and the extra hair and all of that yeah sure but yeah jimmy but, Dean got um, used to all of that yeah so, yeah i do it all myself and then he's small enough he's only about 15 pounds so i bathe him in my kitchen sink yeah that's yes, what i do with trooper. Absolutely. Yeah. but do and, you find that you and, and i know because you're an animal person you don't you do your business without getting crazy. Like it's not like fun day at Disneyland, right? Right. We're in and out. It's, yeah. It's business. Yeah. It's business. Yeah. You're yeah. not being mean to him, but you're just, nope. it's business. Otherwise you'd be soaking wet. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have things to get done. What yeah. about, we don't make a production of it. Yes, um, treats, Donna. Do you, as, so I was watching a, a groomer, 
um, little reel, you know, video reels are now the big thing on social media. So this woman's saying, I'm going to show you how we, we teach dogs to cut their nails and make them comfortable. So she's got her, she's on the table. And I don't even think the dog had the, the noose, the slip lead on. And, but she's got this little gadget at the corner of the table and it throws out treats. Like she, I don't know if she's stepping on it or so she's somehow operating it without touching it. And so she, she clicks the, the toenail clippers without being on the dog. She just picks up his paw, clicks a treat. So by the time she's done, the dog has had a bowl of food. You know what I mean? It's like they're coming really hard and fast, the treats, like like a jackpot machine, you know? So, That's right. I, I don't know. I, I don't think, subscribe to that theory. but I think that would work if he was really hungry. Yeah, exactly. What happens when he's full? Yeah. It's like a seal, right? You never come to the last show of a seal act because they just jump back in the water. <laughs> They're done with their fish, yeah. So if when when it's people the insider scoop there, <laughs> yeah. Not everybody grew up with seals, Donna. Okay. That <laughs> we get we get we go down a rabbit hole on this sometimes. We had an elephant conversation on one episode and. Got way off the dog, the dog program. <laughs> um, so if somebody's at home and they're teaching their dog to like just start to pick up their feet, because maybe they are going to take him to a groomer, but in between they need to do it. How are they doing that? If they're not using treats, what do you suggest? What have you done? Tommy, you said you tipped him over and just started playing with his feet when he was a puppy, right? Yeah. So how do yeah. you get, go about that? I think just like you said, you have to start when they're young, and but... The, you have to go like you would all, you know, the minute they object or want to bite you, you have to say no. You yeah. have to tell them no. Some people, that's the problem. They're like, oh, isn't he cute? He doesn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not cute when he's 50 pounds going for your arm. Yeah. So a lot of people, they, uh, yeah, people do not, a lot of people do not how, know how to control their their dog i will see people come and they'll have five kids in the car and one dog and they'll drop the dog off and say oh i have to go back and get the other three but i gotta get them separately because they i can't control them oh all my in gosh. The car. they got five kids they got to school yeah it, it you know but it's a different different, it's different yeah you should be able to load them all in there is that crazy? I, I tell that people that in my training, I'm like, you know, if you're, if you're sent your kid to school and they, cause they'll say, well, he might not listen to you. Right. I don't uh -huh. know if you hear that at the groomer or the vet, uh -huh. like, well, he may not listen to you. And I say, well, when you sent your little kindergartner off to school, was he allowed to sit in the back of the class and say, I don't have to listen to you. You're not my mommy. <laughs> Doesn't quite work. And But yet with dogs and animals, we're doing that. And it's it's really pretty scary because we're... I, I get a lot of, he doesn't like it because he was abused, yeah. you know. Oh, and, yeah. You know, they're all abused. You know, I'll get somebody bring in a dog and the dog is fat and fluffy and groomed two weeks ago, but yet he was thrown out of the car. Somebody abandoned him. You know, I'm like, no. I'm not, not laughing at that because that kind of stuff occasionally happens. But yes, we've we've overused that. So to that end, what if you don't have a young dog? You get a dog from the shelter or whatever. I do it the same way, um, but if they bring a dog to you and say, we just got him from the shelter, it's not a puppy, 
and now you got to pick up its legs and groom it and get it to stand still. Any tips or tricks on that? Um, we, you know, we just, you really go slow. You really do. You just, you know, tell him he's a good dog and go slow. And it usually gets better. A lot of times a dog will come in and sometimes you might have to put like a little muzzle on him. The muzzles are so much more comfortable nowadays. Yeah. You know, in the old days, they used to be really bad, but they're comfortable now. And so a lot of times if you put it on them and they realize that they're not getting hurt or you do, you know, you see that they get the first pause done or whatever you need to do then a lot of times you can take it off yeah but and they you know people's i guess i guess it's a hard question because you know there's so many types of dogs but if i get a dog that they've gotten at the pound i just go really easy see where i'm at hopefully don't have to muzzle them and i don't want to i don't want to muzzle them but people don't realize when you're using these clippers if the dog is going to try to bite you, a lot of times they'll like bite the clipper or right. bite the. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm protecting. You know, it's just as much about protecting their tongue as much as my hand. That's a good point. You're yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So anything else you need people to know if they're oh uh, ears like doing that at home? Do I? I've struggled with that a little bit. Like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But you mm-hmm. absolutely do need to do ears, or is it particular breeds, or what's the scenario on that? Give me. It's pretty skin. much particular breeds. A lot of short, you know, short-haired dogs, pointed ears. They, you know, they don't have a lot of hair in there. The, okay. The, re- the reason we need to take that hair out is some people believe if you get water in the ear, it's going to cause an ear infection. A lot of times, people come back from the vet and say. You got water in my dog's ears, you cause an ear infection. That's not true. Most most ear infections are caused by allergies. It's an allergy to something. But a, a dog, that, that ear canal is that dark, deep place. So if you get water in there, you get moisture in there, of course you're going to grow bacteria more so you want to avoid getting water in the ears yeah but if it was true that you cause an ear infection you'd have no water dogs yeah you'd have no spaniels and we wouldn't be pouring liquid in their ears to clean them out which is what they get yeah yeah so but with your i doubt if most people have hemostats you know that if you don't know what you're doing that could really be hard because you can pinch their the ear parts of their ear in there so with your fingers try to get as much hair out as you can because the hair in the ear is going to keep the moisture there so the reason to get the hair out is so that the air get in there that's why dogs that that do have hair but their prick ears the air gets in there and flows in there a lot of times with cockers we just have to cut all the hair off because cockers ears are so thick in Harry, no air can get in there, and so they usually have some problems with their ears. Well, but poodles are poodles another breed that yeah, golden and retrievers. you can also buy an ear powder. It looks like chalk, and you put that in. It makes it hard and it brittle, and you can pull it out easier. That's the purpose of that with your fingers. Yeah, I find that easier than the liquid. They there's a liquid <laughs> yeah. they want me to put in the ears and kind of slosh it around and. I'm like, liquid in the ear kind of scares me. No, <laughs> I yeah. I think, 
it's the powder, and you can usually get it off. I mean, some dogs with, like, standard poodles, it'll be, when you pull some of that hair out, it's like two inches long. Yeah. So it's really in there. So sometimes it becomes yeah. a job for the vet if you don't have the right tools. All right. Now, the the big one, and I will go there because I'm curious, um, expressing anal glands. Do you need to yeah. do that? Is it required? Is it... Or is it only if they need it done, or do you just do it as a matter of course? Because I groom my dogs at home, and I'm not. We do speed. it. At, we we do it to every dog, um, what, unless they tell us not to. And some people tell us not to. And you know the purpose of those glands. They have these glands on either side of their tail, and the purpose was in when they were wild, that's how they would mark their territory. Oh. You see a dog scooting, that's what they're doing. They're try- a lot of dogs, when you see them start to scoot on the ground, on their little bottom, yeah. they're trying to express this because they're filling up. In the old days, they did that to put that scent there to mark oh. their territory. So some dogs have a lot needed all the time, and some dogs never leave, never needed. So in the grooming shop, we do it because we're in the bathtub, and we can do it and wash their little bottom. And the worst thing is, is you have a dog come in that doesn't smell, and you get him all pretty and clean, and then he gets nervous on your table, because that's when they usually express them when they get upset or scared. If they get nervous, they release them, and now you have a mess because now the dog smells. You have oh, to rebathe. Yeah. So that's why why we do it. And we don't at the grooming shop. We mainly we don't. Sounds weird, but a veterinarian will go internally with it. They'll go a step further and get in there. We don't. We just kind of squeeze on the outside, and if there's in there, it it'll come out. Okay. But yeah. at home, do we need to be concerned about that or? I mean, it, it, it will reveal itself, too. It'll show the little bulge, right, if it's a problem. Right, and if yeah. it starts to scoot or if you smell something, okay. you know, you can, just get a, you can just get a little, you know, Kleenex, a tissue or a paper towel and express it that way. But you okay. don't want it on your furniture yeah. and on your carpet. I know so it's a, not a fun subject, but I've been really curious about that. You were at the vet, Tommy. Did you guys deal with... Um, we dealt with it a lot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so similar to the ear infections, a lot of times uh, dogs that have issues with anal glands, it's also an allergy issue. Oh. Um, so it's an inflammation response. Um, and then also, depending on the type of food that they're on and their diet, um, if their bowel movements are not regular, that's one of the ways that they express is as they have a bowel movement the anal gland expresses. Oh, okay. So if the, let's say the fiber intake is not enough. And so the stool is not uh, firm, it's not expressing as it comes out. Uh, so one of the ways that you can help that is to increase the fiber intake of your uh, diet um, to make the stool a little bit firmer and a little bit more bulky. So you can add uh, pumpkin puree to the dog's food uh, you can just look at your commercial diet food and, and find one that's a higher fiber. Um, that's mm-hmm. what I've done for Jimmy Dean. Um, he does have some, some food allergy issues. And so I have a specific diet that he's on, but I opted for one that it's actually a, um, it's for weight loss 
Um, it's like a <laughs> weight loss food, they say. But really what it is is it's just a higher fiber. So he can eat more of it and then uh, not gain weight, basically. Keep his youthful figure. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> but the reason, I, the reason I chose it was because it has already more fiber and yeah. I don't have to add anything to his kibble. Um, and it does the job of bulking up his stool so that he expresses his anal glands regularly. Um, and then okay. I don't have to do it as often. That's right. Um, but yes, at the vet clinic, we did a lot of that. Um, there were a lot of dogs that had issues with it. There are a lot of dogs that have, um, whether it's an allergic reaction or maybe um, they just have a, a higher propensity to express. Um, yeah. So we had quite a few clients that would come in just on a regular basis um, just for an anal gland expression. Interesting. Yeah, we get that too. We have some that, I mean, I swear every three weeks, mm-hmm. if you did it every month and other dogs and, you know, like, and if it's not broke, I'm not sitting there pushing like crazy. You know, I'm yeah. going to do it. You know, I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen you in action. So what yeah. are your many talents? <laughs> That's really something to be talented with. But yeah. uh, no, it's so, important. You, know, you, yeah. can, you can feel it. You can know if yeah. you need it or not. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. So, and then they, they also get infected or impacted. Oh, yes. impacted, And, and that's a major issue. Uh, that's a, a veterinary issue. That's a, uh, you got to take them to the, to the vet to have that taken care of, but yeah, yeah they can have, uh, some pretty major issues with those. Okay. All right. Well, Anything? One thing, yeah. Uh, one, yeah. One thing I did want to say is a lot of people come in and they, they get upset because they think their dog isn't matted. You have these dogs that have long hair oh, and the hair, three quarters of the hair is fluffy and soft and they're like you're not mad at i brushed him it's they have to remember it's all about it's like the song it's all about the base the base okay (laughs) it's at the base of the skin where the matting happens we can shave a badly matted dog and we have a pelt it's just so tight it sticks together so sometimes you know they sometimes i think the public has to uh, maybe recognize that the dog might be matted. If they took a brush or comb, they couldn't get it through them. I don't like to cut dogs down. I try. I like long hair, and I will work with a dog to get the tangles and the mats out. And one way to avoid that is I know that people think they're trying to help us or they're doing good. They keep bathing the dog at home. Bathing a long-haired dog a lot of time, if you're not drying that dog with a dryer or brushed him before and after, it's matting. And then you bathe them again and they tangle more. And it, mm-hmm. it becomes impossible to get out. They, If you saw us trying to get the tangles out on some dogs, on your dog, I feel they would say stop. Yeah. But they don't see that. So they don't. They don't know, but it, it you know, it can be very, it, yeah. it hurts. They don't like it. And then when the dog comes home, they're like, well, my dog didn't like it there last time. <laughs> no. <laughs> but Yeah. Interesting. And, you know, that goes into choosing. We've, we've done podcast episodes on this. Really thinking about what dog you want in your world, because it, you know, there's, there's grooming, like if you want a poodle, 
you know, there's a lot of grooming that's going to go with that. If you have a short-haired yes. dog, you still have some stuff to do, but it's different. So, again, the, all these doodles that are out there that make people pull their hair out, um, yeah. you know, it's it. part of it is the grooming issue and just not understanding that. So, a word of that's, caution, again, about the dog you choose. Yeah, that's part of why I chose Jimmy Dean is he's a short-haired, easy-to-care-for dog. Maintenance-free yes. almost. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, thank you, Don. I appreciate it. Any anything you want to leave them with as we uh, wrap up? Um, no, I mean, I I think that most dogs when they come in and get groomed, they have a good experience. So I I really think they do, you know. And they they make the connection when they go out when their owners are like, "Oh, you look so pretty." They make that connection because they're getting this attention. Yeah. On the other side of that, a lot of times people, if you have to cut their hair off and nobody wanted to, but we have to, they'll, the owners will look at the dog and they don't realize it. They'll look at the dog and they're like, oh, you look so ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Now the dog, the dog thinks he's being scolded. Yeah. And then everybody's like, oh, he looks ugly. And they're like, he ran under the bed. Well, he didn't run under the bed for me. He ran under the bed (laughs) because you told him he was ugly, you know. That's a good point because they do read our energy. So if you're yeah. disappointed, yeah. they don't know you're not disappointed in them. They're just like, what did I do? Right. Yeah. Don't call your dog ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Tread lightly. All right, Donna, thanks for a fun discussion about grooming. And uh, you're we welcome. appreciate it. Hopefully it enlightens <laughs> some folks. Well, that was great. Uh, Donna's a hoot, as you can see. She's a lot of fun. But she's just so good at what she does. It's unbelievable what she, uh, how she manages the animals and also the spectacular grooming. But I personally learned a lot of what I know from her. So it was fun to have her on. Yeah, she's a, a wonderful <laughs> uh, resource to have. Yeah. And then we also got to hear about seal, seals as well. Yeah, you, you just never know what you're going to get in this podcast. We work in so, so many other aspects to yeah. the dog podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, we're up to our pet peeve. So, Tommy, you get the pet peeve this week. What do you got for us? Yeah, so along the lines of our grooming and uh, uh, the topic that we just discussed, um, my pet peeve is when people don't really know what it takes or, or what is standard care for the animal they chose. So if you're going to choose an animal, you need to sit down and do the research and speak to the experts to know what are the best practices in managing that particular animal's care. If you have a short, if you, you know, choose a short haired breed versus a long haired breed, a curly breed versus a straight hair, yeah. you, you need to do the research ahead of time and know what it is that you're getting into. And then ask an expert, find a Donna that can explain to you why they need to be, uh, you know, cut in a certain interval or not, not bathed. If you don't have the tools to dry them properly or have their Um, anal glands expressed or pull the hair out of their ears. (laughs) If that's going to be an issue, um, you need to know beforehand before taking on the responsibility of that pet, um, because the, the pet's just being the pet. The pet is just being what they are. Right. It's your responsibility to make sure that they are cared for properly. 
Um, and I think there's a trend in people just going, Oh, I just didn't know. Yeah. Or, or, well, I read on Facebook, but I didn't have to do that. Well, if the expert is standing in front of you saying your dog is matted or your dog has an anal gland issue or an ear hair issue, maybe you need to listen to that expert. Yeah. 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 Good point. Research. Yeah. And as we said, you know, as we talked about when Donna was on, make sure you do your research and, you know, get the right dog for you if, if you're ready to get a dog, but. You do need to do that because uh, yeah. size and temperament and then grooming, all of that factors in for sure. So, yeah. all right, great. And uh, my pet peeve, t- uh, my training trainer tip, sorry, uh, usually parallels with things going on with clients. I've been traveling a lot, but uh, so I haven't been dealing with any of my local folks. But when I'm on the road, I imagine that I sometimes offer solutions for problems people haven't asked me about. <laughs> Would you like I'm to know how to, to fix that? that? I mean, imagine me doing that. But um, so once in a while, I may offer some unsolicited advice. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. We got to laugh at ourselves, right? I can solve that problem you didn't know you had. Yeah, you might not have known that was a problem, but... Um, so the trainer tip is what we were, I think about this a lot. It's setting your dog up for success and grooming is such a big one. Like, uh, when I was away, uh, I was actually cutting Otis's uh, nails on a picnic table. Otis is very shy. He's the big dog, but I can actually, he'll jump. He's so athletic. It's, It's so fun to watch him come out of his cocoon and blossom, but he'll jump up right up on the picnic table and he's 75 pounds. I don't have to go. I just go. And I mean, I'm not crediting myself with this. He just happens to be very agile. So he's up there and he's sitting and he starts to get up. I'm like, no sit. And I'm doing his toenails and we're at a campground. People are walking by like, how are you doing that? Yeah. And I, you know, I was like, I'm cutting his toenails because, you know, that's what we need to do. So I, I, it's like you end up doing a mini clinic <laughs> cutting yes. toenails at the campground. But it was always about they won't let me. Right. Yeah. And I always say, how did you do that? Well, I didn't ask. I have to do this. This is a responsible thing for me to do because one day I may be doctoring stitches on his foot or mm-hmm. taking care of his pad or something. So he has to be comfortable. He doesn't have to love it but I don't want him to hate it. So I'm just right. very matter of fact. So be very matter of fact and don't, you know, you, you have to do these things. It's important that we understand how to care for our dogs and how to train them because otherwise, and even this evacuation stuff I talked about at the beginning, that all falls under being able to really know and understand the dog you have and how to do best by them. So you know, you can't keep giving them the opportunity to tell you. Sometimes you have to tell them more often than not. A lot like raising children. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> if, if you get it done well. So so that's my trainer tip. Boy, we've had a really full episode. We had a lot of laughs with Donna, but a lot of good information. So um, that's all I have. Tommy, anything else? I think that's it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this episode and as always subscribe, rate and review the podcast and please share it because we wouldn't want anybody to miss this doggone good information. We hope to see you next time. Thank you.